Welcome to the Tales of Africa podcast with your host, Richmond Setran. I have a wonderful guest in my studio today. He's a young man from Nigeria. He goes by the name Chukuma Eze. And I shared his story on our social media platform and it went really viral and people were really inspired by his story. So I figured we should have a session with him where he tells us about his beginnings and his journey and how he became and got to where he is now. So he's someone who became a millionaire with wheelbarrows. And I know this story sounds strange. It sounds bizarre, but he's here with us. I would like to hear from him personally for him to tell us how he was able to achieve this great feat. So Chukumaya, welcome to Tales of Africa Studio. It's an awesome pleasure to have you. Hi, Richard. I am so glad to be here to be able to share my story uh, with the world and with Africa and with the world at large. Thank you. All right. That's great. So, Chukuma, you know, your, your story may sound bizarre, especially in a country like Nigeria, where people are always crying that they don't have enough opportunities. Opportunities are not there for the youth. Unemployment comes into play. So I was really wondering how you're able to see opportunity where others were not, were not being able to see those kind of opportunities. But before we come to that part of the story, I would like you to tell us a little bit about your background. So can you tell us who you are as a person, a little bit about your background, and what got you to where you are? All right. So, uh, well, my name is Chukuma Eze. Uh, I'm an Igbo man in Nigeria. I was born in the southeastern part of Nigeria, Anambra State, where I am a native of too. And um, I was born to uh, a middle-class family, middle-class home in, uh, in the mid-90s. Uh, but uh, my father died a year later, so uh, we were plunged back into poverty. I was raised from a year old. I was raised by my single mother, who raised me up onto teenagehood and then adulthood, and uh, alongside four or three other siblings. So I went to school. At least I was able to have my YEC, which is like a high school diploma, and I'm looking forward to getting to the university. Even though it's been it's been nine years, I left high school but i still have hopes of um getting into the university so basically that's that's uh that's my story and then when i was 17 i left my because it's really important to the story we're going to tell today i left my mother due to no money there was no money to send me to university or to go learn a trade so i had to go in Igbo land there's something we call Igbo boy it's a form of apprenticeship system where you go to live with an you know, a more established businessman and you start him, you become his, you become, you come under his tutelage, you know, you come, you come under servitude under him for six, seven years. And at the end of these years, he's supposed to give you a startup capital to start yours. So I, I, I entered that system and it was in that system that I, that I now found myself in a market where I was able to uh, create this business that I I created right now. So yeah, that's, that's me. Born on each other, went to school there, uh, grew, raised by a single mom, and was a houseboy at some point. So that's wow. that's my story. That's oh. a really interesting background. So of all the business opportunities you could think of as a young as a young man, okay. What made you decide to go into wheelbarrows, and what exactly does it mean to go into wheelbarrows? What kind of wheelbarrow business? Where you operating? Okay, okay. Actually, well, like I said, I was a houseboy, and when you are a servant uh, under your master, you you do mostly half of the the tenure in his shop, learning the business, serving him in his shop and at home, running errands and learning the tricks of the business. Then year three, year four, you are being sent out to open 
say another branch, your boss would will give you say your boss is worth hundred million, but your boss will give you like five hundred thousand or one million and say use this one million, use it as a startup capital while you are still living with him. Do business for the next three years before we settle, before you are you leave my house, before you leave my tutelage, and whatever you are able to make generate from that um, capital that I gave you, even while you are still under me. That is where we'll now get the money that will be used to settle you, to give you a settlement, to give you your own startup capital that you use to start your own business eventually. So my boss in my third year of seven, my ex-boss gave me one millionaire to start up a business, the same business that he's doing, you know, but to start my own mini branch and be able to hustle out more money over the years where I will be used. You know, it also makes you learn the business more because now you're experimenting with some capital so that when you are settled, uh, uh, you know, in the end, and that you can stand on your feet and you can also make more money for him anyway. So while I had that one million capital under my boss, I realized that for me to grow, to be able to make more money, because the higher money I make for my boss, the more money I, I, the more percentage of that money I might get at uh, my uh, settlement which is my cap the capital that will be used that told me at the end of my six years. So I decided, you know what, well, for me to be able to make more money, I was making money from the plumbing materials which I was selling, uh, but to be able to make more money and also create impact and actually impact lives around me, I need to do something else apart from just selling plumbing materials. So I need to have a, another side business to it. So I was talking with my friend Boniface, a brilliant man, uh, in, in the nearby city, Asaba, where we live, because we, we do business in Onicha, we live in Asaba. And Boniface told me, you know, we were, we've always been talking, every week I will come around, we'll talk about businesses, it'll be like, you know, dredging sand, kerosene, sell, we're selling kerosene, we're selling firewood, doing this, doing that. He mentioned a lot of businesses that, you know, could be very creative. Because the thing is, there's so much opportunity in Africa, even though, we don't want to acknowledge it. Anybody who's out makes something out of their life. If you look around you, there's going to be something you can do. There's opportunity everywhere in Africa. I'm being honest with you. I'm not saying this because I'm privileged. I'm saying this because I was down in the gutter and looked around and saw there are things you can do, no matter how small, no matter how dirty. Not dirty in terms of illegal, but no matter how uh, menial school, you can start something and make a difference with it. So he showed me the idea of barrels. It sounded weird and bizarre, just like you said, starting off. But um, I said, let's, uh, let me try this. So I went, I made research, I ran the numbers. Barrels, the people rent it out for 200 naira per day back then in 2016. If I have 10 barrels, that means I'll be getting 2,000 naira. I have a to make 2,000 naira per day. And if you multiply that by a week, by a month, by a year, that's a lot of money compared yeah. to the capital you invested. The capital to make each barrel, you can get that money back in a few months, you know, in a that's few true. months of collecting money for the barrels. If each barrel costs you 30,000 uh, and you get a 200 per barrel per day, that means in 30 weeks, you've gotten your initial capital, you know, okay, you get so 1,000, 1,200 per week, you've gotten your, your capital. So I said, you know what, let me do this. And I went back to Boniface and I told him, we are going to do this. And I took permission from my boss. Remember, I was someone's, you know, houseboy sleeve, per se. And I had to take permission from him. But he 
he was a good master compared to other masters and he told me if he's going to make you more money then go ahead so i started with five barrels 25th added one and we started i registered the business the youngest person to register it in my state i you know it's a business not everybody pays attention to because it's a weird business it's a dirty it's not dirty but it's more like it's something you yeah, as you said, menial. It looks menial in nature. Yeah, it's not like a neat white collar job. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's you, have to that you have to be force energy. Place, yes. But yeah, yeah, and it's not very palatable. It's not something you can say, oh, I'm in the oil and gas sector. I'm in the barrel business, you know? So it's, yeah. it's weird. So it's mostly it older men run the business. But then a young boy, I said, I'm going to enter it. And I registered, paid money to a substantial amount to register and branded my barrels in a special way and brought it out. And people started renting the barrels because I built them to be strong. Barrel men started renting my barrels, one, two, three, before you know it, all the barrels were rented. And I made more, I made five more. And nice. after over a while, I made another five, you know, I kept increasing it till it got to 20 something, wow. you know? And yeah, that was how I started growing the brand and, you know, wrote Jam, the name of the brand on the barrels. And I treated my barrel men right. I gave them a day off instead of paying me from Monday to Saturday because we go to market from Monday to Saturday. Okay. They pay me only Monday to Friday and take Saturday off. Nice. You know, Saturday becomes their. I don't yeah. charge them for Saturday. It's a way to also empower them. Yeah, yeah. It's a way to also empower them, giving them discounts. So they yeah. love hiring my barrels because they are strong. And then I took it a step further and rebranded the business. I got them T-shirts. I did seminars for them branded the barrels well, I introduced them to the market men to tell them, ah, these people are different. Whenever you see someone wearing this shirt, you know that they are my barrel men and they are going to take care of your goods. Okay, Make so, them be able to get more jobs, to get more work. So that's uh that's that's how I started and it made me it made me money because like I said, over the next few months, Max it, it wouldn't be up to a year, you have made a profit of what you invested in the business yeah, that's one true. Year. That's then true. the rest of the years barrel is a very low risk um business it's not something that you you go down the road and you have an accident and people yeah. die you know yeah, <laughs> it's a low risk transportation but so low risk because what's gonna happen the so let me say this is gonna spoil yeah okay let me come in sorry to cut you off but i just want to like can you explain to our foreign listeners who may not really understand what it means like if you say barrel business they, do, they may not understand what it means. What does it mean? If you say barrel business, on a typical day, what is a, bar, a barrel business and how does it operate? A barrel business, a barrel rental business is you get wheelbarrows from, say, the market where they sell wheelbarrows. You fortify them with iron works, with rods, make them stronger, you know? Yeah. Give them a brand. If it's a place like in Onicha in Anambra, there's a union. It's like when you buy a truck and you want to start, you know, Yes. doing truck business you're going to have business, to be yeah. part of the union of transporters so that you don't come and charge 100 naira bus fare when, when the union rate is 200 naira yeah. but there's a union for the barrel business but I, I think most places in africa barrel business is not unionized so you can just buy barrels as long as people need them for work you can even start it in a rural area where people need them for their farm people need them to convey stuff they can okay. just come around and rent it from you at to, you know, at 50 cents, at 40 cents, and then, then they will pay you. At the end of the day, they will bring back your barrel and pay you for okay. that day. You can okay. decide to calculate it over a week 
And then at the end of the week, they bring the money for one week because they they are with your barrel. You know they are. You know where they stay. They are using it every day, but then they now pay you a weekly fee, you know, per day. You calculate it per day times a week, and then they pay you. So that's the business. Basically, it's simple. All right. So I have the the barrels. Okay, yeah, you you can go on. I have the barrels. You need the barrels. You come to me. I rent them to you. It's like rent a car. Yeah. rent you use it to do what you want to do use it to make your own money because the thing is the markets where we stay the markets are very compact very crowded and very small they are just very narrow lines that people can just walk through cars don't enter into the interior part of the market in africa i don't know in, in nigeria the interior part of the market are not where cars can access yeah, no cars so accessible. yes yeah yeah so it's not something you can just pack your car in front of a shop it's not like it's a street, it's a, it's a mall. Even yeah. if it's a mall, you got to walk in. So like the market, you need, when you buy your plumbing materials, you need job men, you need barrel men to carry those goods, those okay. heavy bags of yeah. goods out from the market, outside to where the cars are waiting for you, your car or yeah. any other truck you might rent. So there's a demand for barrel men. All right. And if there's a demand for barrel men, that means there's a demand for barrels. Okay. You know? And that's how it's been for about 30 years since the market started. So that's that's nice. how I started the business. That's the, the, the mechanics of the business. Yeah. I really like your vision. I really like how you've been able to grow your business and the brand. So I think you said the name of the barrel business, your barrel business is Gem De Kong. Am I pronouncing it right? Yeah, Gem De Kong. Gem De Kong. Okay. So what's the inspiration behind this name? Oh, well, uh, my name my name across, uh, you know, most user... Most social media is Jem the Kong, Chukuma, Jem the Kong. Jem the Kong is me, even though I was a house boy, telling myself that I'm a conqueror. Like, I am a feminine, I'm a winner. Okay. I am, I'm fighting the battles of my life, but I'm a conqueror. So, Jem wow. is my nickname. Okay. Conqueror. So, Jem okay. the Kong, yeah. I see. So, that means, even if what I'm getting from this is, even when we're a, a house boy, so to speak, your vision was still big. Yeah. You didn't really limit your thinking to your to your current situation, yeah, able to yeah. still think outside of your current situation. Back. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. So why did you feel, you said you spent a lot of time training your barrel men, branding them, you give them t-shirts and all that. Why did you feel that it was important for you to train them and also brand your business to be different from what other people are doing out there? Well, I believe in excellence. I like, I don't, I don't believe in doing things the mediocre way. I, if I'm going to, if I'm going to play ball, I'm going to play it in a special way. If I'm going to sing, I, I want to sing in a special way. If I'm going to say hi, I want to say hi in a special way, you know? <laughs> yeah. And when I entered the barrels, I realized that, you know, everything is just done. But remember, I told you, most of the people running the businesses are old men. Yes. You know, old men with old mentality. Most of them don't even know what the internet is. Most of them don't know how it is that you can leverage on social media to you know, push your brand. Most of them don't even have a phone that yeah, accesses yeah. the internet at yeah. that time. Yeah. You know? So I realized that I could I could earn more because the higher the barrel men rent the higher number of barrel men rent my barrels. Because sometimes you might have twenty barrels but fifteen are active yeah. or sixteen. Yeah. Or twelve. Yeah. Or depending on the demand, sometimes all of them are active. Right. So if you have an appealing brand Brand, all of them will be active or most of them will be active most of the time and if most of the barrels are active higher money higher revenue that's true you know that's if you true. have 20 active barrels that's twenty thousand naira every week 
That's okay? true. That's true. So I realized for me to have a brand that is appealing to the environment, appealing to the market, that will make the environment want to be part of my company because they know if you become part of this company, people are going to give you more jobs. You know? yeah, yeah. If you become part of this company, people will recognize this brand. This is the outstanding brand in Barrows. If you are part of this brand, people are going to trust you more and give you more jobs. Because we have a business, you know, plumbing materials involves WC, very delicate products. Products yeah. that if, if a barrel man doesn't hire, handle it well, it could, you know, it could it, pose it, it, problems. It could break, yeah. You know, WCs, yeah, basins and stuff like that. If it, if it falls to the ground, it could break. And some of them could cost hundreds of thousands of naira. Yeah. The high, the high end one. Okay. So it, it's, uh, so having that brand image that these people will handle your goods well would uh, give them more jobs and ultimately give me more money and yeah. uh, create more impact for them. They can be able to take care of their families more. They are giving me 200 naira, but they make they make uh, close to 4,000 per day, wow. 5,000 per day. Yeah, yeah so what they're giving me is a tiny fraction. They make uh, at least uh, $10 or $12 per day, uh, but uh, they give me 40 cents. So that's, that's a fair... Uh, if, uh, yes, deal, it's a, yeah, it is. It is yeah, so yeah. And able to become barrel, yeah. wow, and able to become a millionaire from this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, you know, if you if you calculate if you calculate over the, the years, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you do the math, let's say twenty three times one thousand per week, then you calculate it by that's twenty three thousand or twenty thousand, then you calculate it by fifty two weeks. Yeah, in a year, right? That's yes. over a million naira. But then I've done this business for five years. Okay. This is 2016, so this is the sixth year. Yes. Okay? yes. So what it means is, if you calculate the gross revenue, it's, it's millions of naira over the years. Okay. It's not something, because it's not something that makes you instant money like Bitcoin. Yes, indeed, years, indeed. Yeah, you are now an overnight billionaire. No, I don't believe in, I'm not really all about making fast money. Yeah, I believe in money that accumulates. You know, you are making this money every week. You are getting, you are getting. You cannot decide to take this money, invest it in other things, yeah. or to use it to start other bills. You know, while yes, other the money you are making from other sources are used to reinvest in all those other sources or other things. So, money when whenever you have more money, you now have more options. You now have more liberty to do more and to explore more businesses. So that's 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 how. I became a quote-unquote millionaire wow. from Barovia. Okay. So I want to know, and I think our listeners will also want to know, how far-reaching has been the impact of your business? You've been doing this for six years now, right? How far has your business gone? The impact it has made on the lives of yourself, the lives of the local people who patronize your business and all that. Can you give us an estimate on how far the impact has gone? For me, not just the money, not just money, but the fact that some of those barrel men, we are able to use it to climb the ladder of society. Because barrel, even though it, we are trying to romanticize, it's not an easy job. Yeah. Being, you know, have, have to be physically out there under the sun, under, you know, just pushing these things on, on death roads. It's not, it's not easy. It's something that requires a lot of physical uh, stamina. And if you don't have, if you don't have, if you are not healthy, let's say you woke up, you had a headache or you woke up or you are down with malaria, you're not going to eat that day. Yeah. Because it's something that requires you to be in the best physical shape every day. So it's not the best job in the world, to be honest with you. You know, and mm. people just, 
people who do this are maybe people who came out from prisons, people who lost their jobs and looking for something in the meantime, people who are looking to climb the ladder of society to get to better, easier jobs that they can, sorry, just to take care of themselves. So my joy is that some of these people, a number of them have been able to push barrels for a while, raise money to start up their own businesses, start a, a, a tricycle business, buy their own tricycle and now become, you know, transporting, like real transporters down because using mechanical means to transport people is much easier and get more easier and more, get, generate higher value. Yeah. With tricycle, you might not be generating $30, $40 per day, but with uh, barrels you can you can only generate because it's a physical level one man thing you can only generate a couple dollars ten yeah. twelve per day you know yeah so this is i'm just happy that people were able to and we have a documentary i was featured on bbc wow where yeah i talked about the business and the people who the business impacted also talked about it and how it changed how it impacted their lives Although it was in Igbo, it wasn't translated, but then you can get to see these images, see these people, see what we've been able to do, and just know that, okay, this idea started as a conversation between me and somebody at a shop in, you know, in Asaba, but then yeah. we were able to bring it to life and use it to touch other lives. And it's still touching people now because there are still people working with our barrels and making money from it to help their family. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's really awesome. That's really awesome. So I think I'm going to ask you my last question. So what advice do you have for young people who also want to start a successful business as you have? Don't play the victim game. Okay. I'm saying this as somebody who has been enslaved, somebody who belonged, was someone's property for five years. Wow. I saying this as someone who came from poverty, who lost his father as a one year old, who I've had, who I've, I've had to hustle for everything I've ever had all my life. Nothing has ever been given to me. I've had to hustle for almost everything I have. And even right now, I'm doing other businesses. I'm not just doing the barrels. I'm doing a welding business that is managed by, by my brother. And I'm doing uh, a, a, a calling service that helps spread joy and laughter to people all around the world. And these are the things that I formed. I just, I wasn't trained to be a welder, but I entered the business and it's thriving up to today. I, I started, you know, the calling service. I am not trained to be a communicator. Mm-hmm. I haven't even gone to the university, but I, I look, look at me speaking. Yeah. I educate myself. Yeah, well. Look at me speaking. Yeah, fluently, expressing myself eloquently. So what I'm just saying, don't play the victim. No matter yeah. where you find yourself, you find yourself in in a poor, Baptist-speaking community. Don't say, oh, everything is bad, and you just start drinking and smoking and, you know, wilding away in the street there's always something you can do no matter how small even if it's barrels even if it's cleaning the sewers even if there's something you could do and you can apply a bit of you know innovation to it ingenuity to it and it could lift you and your community out you know of poverty so don't don't give in just keep go just have confidence that yes you too with social media and with everything that's happening in the world you too can succeed you too can thrive yeah. And don't be afraid to start small. Okay. You, you are never going to just start immediately and become Mark Zuckerberg or become Tesla CEO. You could start with a business of $30. You could start selling popcorn. You could start selling something, you know. You can start making something. You can learn a skill. Just start with anything. 
and just keep growing from there. And I really hope that um, everything, you know, lines fall in pleasant places for you and everything works out for you. But just know that the opportunities are out there. And if you are brave enough to go out there and diligently walk and seek them out, my, I promise you, you are going to have a breakthrough. Okay? Okay. Thank you so much for your advice, Chukuma. So, you know, I think this advice... I, I, I take it because I don't know if our listeners are getting anything from this, but I have learned a lot just from this short interview that we've had. And, you know, one of the things that I realized has been holding a lot of young Africans or young people back is the fact that we don't really cherish these little things that you're talking about. Okay. There's this social stigma attached with, say, menial jobs or things that we think are of no value, you know, because everybody wants to go to school, everybody wants to be enter into white collar jobs and that kind of thing. So if we think this thing, we feel like, Oh, it's too demeaning. It's too small. But sometimes these are the things that we go into and then they are like treasures that are in earthen vessels, right? You go into it, you polish it, and then you're able to succeed and then come out successful as you have. So I really thank you. And I thank you for your time. I thank you that you've been able to have this wonderful interview. And I don't know if you have any social media handles you would want to leave behind. People may be inspired by your story. They want to reach out to you. They may want to also enter the business or whatever thing they think they want to discuss with you. If you have any social media handles, you can leave it behind and then people can be able to follow. All right. Well, uh, my social media handles are Chukuma Eze. Once you search Chukuma Eze on Instagram, on Twitter, on Twitter, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on TikTok, you're going to find me Chukuma Eze. And also Jem the Conk. Jem the Conk is my username on TikTok, on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok. G-E-M-D-E-C-O-N-Q, Gem the Conk 7. You're going to find me across all platforms and uh, just reach out to me. I'll be glad to you know, advise anybody or offer support that I can, I possibly can. Yeah. All right, Chukuma, thank you so much for your time. And to our listeners, this has been the Tales of Africa podcast. We thank you so much for staying behind, for giving us an ear to listen to what we have to say. Stick behind. If you've not subscribed, kindly subscribe to the Tales of Africa podcast for amazing African content. We'll catch you another time. Bye-bye.